When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He is the post-COVID phenomenon. He is someone that has taken the music industry by storm. His name is Fred again, and my name is Derek G. I've straightened my hair today for the people watching on the video. Got a got an event tonight. I thought I'd do my hair nice and uh, great sounds for people listening on the podcast. It's Derek G speaks volumes and. I would like to do more of these types of things, which are topical and happening at the time and reacting to at the time. And I think that there is no better person than Frederick Gibson to talk about at this very moment in time. So if you don't know the podcast, if you don't know the show, I am a person on the internet who likes to overthink about the music industry, movements in music and culture, and how they might have come about and where they're going and how things have been impacted. And Fred, again, is like the Pokemon Go of music right now. Now, I'm very aware that he is in within a bubble and within a field of interest that is not for everyone. So I need to make sure that I give enough context and make it interesting for people that don't know anything about this story. I know there's a lot of people that do. But let me kind of give you a very short summary. And the thesis of this show, I I like to develop a thesis for each episode. The thesis is why. This is almost like a textbook. I think there will be papers written about him. There'll be many articles written about him. And I'm putting my stake in the ground to say this is almost like an audio early textbook to catalog what has happened. Why Fred again? So for those who want to know in like a 30-second summary, he's a producer, singer, DJ, artist who after a viral boiler room has whipped up crowds around the world in an absolute frenzy. And I would say that the general populace has known him for less than six months. I would say that most of the music fan industry has only known him for the last two years. And before that, he was very much an underground name and has gone to a place where he has people in raptures. He has people chasing down opportunities to see him. And it's a fascinating cultural inflection point that he has found himself in, he deserves to be in. And he also has found because of the industry forces himself in a particular position with a team and a thrust behind him to make that as fever pitch as possible. And it's fascinating to me. So let me tell you a little bit about my personal background on him. And I want to break this down to chapters. Maybe I'll tell you the chapters now because I think that they'll hook you in for the rest of the episode. So Fred the Vira, I like the name of the title of this episode, by the way. Fred against the machine, because he is and he isn't against the machine. And I find that really interesting. So the chapters are Fred, the viral sensation, Fred, the love, hate entity, 
Fred the industry plant, Fred the nice guy, Fred the credible, slash Fred the hitmaker, Fred the technological catalyst, Fred the uniter of genres, Fred the groupthink experiment, and two more, Fred the catharsis and Fred the deserving. Lots of chapters. I won't spend more than a few minutes on each one because there's a lot to get through and I like to keep these under an hour. So I didn't, I heard about Fred again, especially leading up to his Coachella performance in 2021, I want to say. And I was confused between Fred again and Fred Wave, another uh, UK producer, singer, artist. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I've heard of him, but uh, okay. And um, some people were saying he has a really good set, and it's like, that's cool. And then the internet took hold of his viral boiler room, which happened in July of 2022. And um, at the time, he had 200,000 followers or less than. And six months later, he has a million followers. Now, what happened, I think, so this first chapter is Fred the Viral Sensation, is that he he was a product of the perfect storm of talent, of reps, because he has a background as a producer, which I'll talk about. And he had this viral moment with a boiler room that was clipped up and shared across TikTok and created this point whereby this exciting British, I think he's like under 30 year old, uh, was doing something very, very different in terms of he performed this boiler room with CDJs, but also a uh, native instruments machine, which is like a, a pad based uh, MIDI controller and it was really exciting clipped up lots of viral moments within it some guy like accidentally pressed pause on the CDJ and that was viral there were people going crazy people I have friends that have gone viral on TikTok because of boiler rooms and made careers out of it but this feels different and quickly all the lasers were pointed on him to be a really exciting entity in music and I guess I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but I guess why a lot of people are talking about this is because this guy had really only been putting out music since, like, on his own since 2020. And he has had such a meteoric rise that it's like people are obsessed with someone that hasn't been around for very long. And this is Storm in a Teacup that hasn't existed in music in a long time. He didn't do live performances in any degree until recently. And now he's one of the most must-see live acts. And so he did that. That was viral. He then had a Zane Lowe interview, I'm guessing around October. And not what I found intriguing about that is that like Zane Lowe speaks to Billie Eilish. He speaks to Kendrick Lamar. He speaks to Tyler, the creator people established that have done it. And suddenly Fred again is having this this interview and it's suddenly like whipping him up in a uh, a world of mythology of like everyone wants to speak to him and he's the most important person to speak to. How did he get that interview and how did he deserve that interview is part of this this growing mythology. So that is the, the, the viral sensation of who he is or how he came to be in the public consciousness. Now, there's so much to unpack there as to why he's in the, so much conversation. Fred, the, the love-hate entity, I guess, is not the best name of a chapter. 
there's two camps. People are either obsessed with them because they don't overthink things like me. <laughs> they see some really cool boiler room. They listen to it. They have a great time. They play it with their friends. They want to see that live in person. And he's a very exciting young man doing exciting things in the electronic dance jungle EDM space. And that is great. You shouldn't overthink things and you should enjoy it. <laughs> and he has amassed a huge following of obsessives really quickly. People love him, love him. It's also, there are people that have this flavor in their mouth that I just hear from time to time, online, on my own platforms, in person, where, and, and I would put myself more in, I don't hate the guy, I was definitely more in that camp, right? Where I barely heard of the person, now people obsessed with them, and had this kind of rise online, which was a combination of um, success, major label, push, uh, and a variety of different things to get him to this feverish pitch. And I think a lot of people thought, how does something happen like this? And it doesn't feel very authentic. And I think that's the, the flavor. It feels almost like there was too much accelerant put on the fire and it's burning so hot and so bright and people are feeling so hot and excited by it that it doesn't feel real and it doesn't feel genuine. And so there's this like amazing division. I wouldn't say division. There's not, there's not really hate, but it's more like, what? I'd never seen this before, in this way before. Like a viral star. Like obviously we've seen viral stars before, whether it's Post Malone or things like that, but no one was banging down Post Malone's door within the course of six months or 18 months, 12 months to, to see this individual. And I, there, there is a, you know, I think that's why there's a love-hate. The industry plant is the next chapter, but it really goes in from that because he went from no-shows to, I must add at this point, that I saw him at Laneway Festival in Sydney last weekend. Don't know his music. Didn't listen to the music. Wasn't interested. Listened to the boiler room. Wasn't for me. Fine. Went to the show. I saw, I went to see Logic 1000 beforehand on another stage so sad it was like empty i would say there was less than 100 people there i know it sounds like a lot for some people but i mean like this is a big stage less than 100 people there because he'd sucked the gravitational pull of fred again had drawn everyone to wait for his set and he had the biggest audience of anyone and he was not the headliner joji and Phoebe Bridges and Hyam were the headliners. And I think that the bookers were smart and booked well. Also got lucky that they booked someone probably just as he was going viral. So I saw him and I was very impressed. I, I sound like an asshole saying that. Oh, I was very impressed. I, genuinely, I went in with no expectations. I was like, I kind of heard some of his songs, not for me. I want to see what all the fuss is about. Let's go. And the stage show was incredible. And it felt so mature for someone that hadn't been performing live for that long. And people feel that there's an industry plantish to it. And whilst I can qualify later while he's not an industry plant, he 
has all the horses behind him and is very much representative of what a major label can do if you are signed to them and if you have momentum. Now we've seen a major label sign people with momentum that have gone viral on TikTok. This feels different. This feels different because as I as the chapters unfold, he is more than just a, a Katie Gregson McLeod, maybe her name is. She went viral on TikTok last year for an incredible song. And now she's going to earn it. Now she's got to earn the rest of it. She hasn't played out much live. She doesn't have much of a discography. She doesn't, no one knows her character. It's going to take her years to get to the level where she is more important than headliners at a festival. So how did that happen? Well, you've got horses behind you to say like marketing entities. You have people that can really plan and orchestrate your releases, push them in the right places, probably help to get that Zane Lowe interview. They can make your your strategy and rollout feel organic and unplanned, even though it's very much planned, which uh, I can talk about now, I guess, because um, this is probably the best chapter to talk about it in. He did this show, headline show. He had a show in Sydney. And then on Instagram stories, the day after his show, he said, look, a lot of you missed out. So I'm doing a surprise warehouse show today. If you sign up for my mailing list, you can get tickets. And it sold out, obviously, which is crazy. Who does that, right? And who can achieve that? Not that many. And obviously, you don't book venues <laughs> the night before with a 10,000 cap or whatever it is, 5,000 cap. You just don't call that up. That's what clearly planned. But it uh there's there and that's the, the love hate thing right in the industry planet thing it's like there's a there's an authenticity which if i was part of on the behind the scenes i'd be very proud of but there's an authenticity there that's clearly strategized and planned and so you have the horses you have the people to plan it, and then you put on a show that is incredible and i guess what confuses people about it is that he's got an underground feeling to him where he's playing with really credible DJs, but then he's got this mainstream feeling to him where he's like got, you know, if he's like dropping Easter eggs and like little like treasure hunts and stuff, you don't do that with like your manager and your best mate running around every city, like you have teams. So he hits this, this perfect intersection, which has been really fascinating as well. In the next chapter is Fred the Nice Guy, which is why he has captured so much audience so quickly, because he looks like, I say one of us as a non-white British guy, but I mean to say like he doesn't dress rich, he doesn't dress like he's a star. Sure, he's got his vest or his gilet on, but... He doesn't look like someone who's just like, hi, I'm Lady Gaga and I've decided that I'm a star and, and everyone just It's kind of like, oh, whoops, I didn't, whoops, <laughs> this all just happened and I'm just enjoying it. And it, to a certain extent, it's true. And so there's, a, there's, a, there's kind of like a, if we add another thing onto the pile of why this is all working, it's like the, the, there is a, the, an authenticity, which is like the most desirable word in any creative industry is trust and authenticity and people want to back him because it feels like it could have been anyone. 
and it happened to be him. And he's developed this persona and aesthetic and world because he's putting out music that has iPhone photos as the cover art, voice notes from his phone. He names them after people that he admires, people that are on the track. There is a world build that he's created and his team that is like, I'm just a guy with my phone making music and I'm having fun. I'm not going to call it something highfalutin like titanium. I'm going to call it Derek brackets, the love you give something, you know? So there's this like creative direction that has put him in a place of familiarity and coziness. He, he does these like live streams and live performances on rooftops wearing track pants, you know, sweats. Feels like home and feels like we're watching someone live his best life and we just happen to be sucked into that gravitational pull as opposed to he was wearing sweats one day and then he was wearing a Harry Styles sequined unitard the next. So there's this whole stirred up nice guy authentic appeal which has further furthered that gravitational pull. I'm just fascinated by all of this. How do you how do you go from like a boiler room, another boiler room to someone that is obsessed over six months later? And I've had my tinfoil hat on for sure about certain elements of it. And I need to restrain myself from that because I don't think it's as conspiracy as that, that like he's an industry plant or all of these sort of things, but it's like designed so perfectly and like the lightning struck at the right time and the horses were there to push it. You know, the nice guy, Fred the Credible and Fred the Hitmaker. So more of his backstory, the Hitmaker side of him is he has produced for BTS. He's produced for Ed Sheeran and he produced his 2019 album, I believe, has been in the industry for a while, making, producing, writing music and hits. So he knows how to make hits, which is why this lightning striking is like, okay, he is a DJ. He is a producer but he isn't just putting out house tracks that are just going to like do okay for like the average boiler room DJ. I'm coming out there as in him, I'm coming out there and I'm delivering bangers because I know what a banger is and I know the structure of how to do that. And I've got a great ear, the hit maker. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Fred the Credible. Because we all, we all know, I know a lot of people like this. The, the really nice studio producer guy. The doors are always open because it's a bit of like uh 
potluck. You go in the studio with different artists, you create a lot of stuff, and sometimes they come out. Most of the time they don't. He knows everyone in the industry in the UK, you know, and is well connected. So he did a set with Skrillex, mainstream EDM dubstep, and Fortet, Headsy Art House. Art House. It's not art, but you know. It's definitely more on that sort of headsy side of things. And they did a set with the three together. And it's like the perfect combination of mainstream and underground. Not that Fortet's underground, but it's like Fred is the credible because he's got songs featuring the Blessed Madonna, FKA the Black Madonna. He has songs featuring, you know, a sample from Frank Ocean, but got cleared, you know. He has songs with Future. He has songs that kind of extend both realms so if you are a headsy edm person headsy edm if you're an edm head you're in if you're a fortet head or a blessed madonna head you're in and i think that's what the, the, the where, where this kind of like you know i keep using lightning lightning in a bottle comes from is that now is this all orchestrated no it's his life it's his life and I, but I think it's like the narrative of all of this coming together and telling it so beautifully has meant that he is a viral superstar of the most confusing and impressive. Confusing and impressive is the definition of Fred again, because it's both shouldn't happen, but is meant to happen at the same time. Fred, the technological catalyst. Now, this is an important one because all of that, combining all of that so far is only the, I'm halfway through the thesis, right? Most boiler rooms are with CDJs, decks, record players, Technics 1200s. He had the CDJs and this uh, Native Instruments machine, which is a, I don't know what that, it's a MIDI controller with pads, so you can f drum with your fingers, hit these pads, fire off different sounds, it's connected to Ableton. This sort of style has been around for at least a decade, maybe not in this form, but like, there's an artist called Arab Music, and I'm not being ignorant, He's, that's how it's pronounced, Arab Music, who's been doing it with an MPC, doing crazy edits, crazy finger drumming drops and everything like that, for I wanna say 10 years or more. This has been around. But it's very like, it's almost like turntablism. It's, it's, it's in this space that's like almost nerdy, almost technical, almost like, whoa, look at this guy do technical stuff. Fred is someone that has, has brought it to a mainstream setting where it's like, look how crazy this is, look how impressive it is, but he's doing it over banger electronic music pop hits. So it's this coalescing of this technology and music and time where people are accepting for it in a boiler room that means that it's all of a sudden exciting and not nerdy and this is also the technological catalyst because he's arrived in a time where all the technology is powerful enough that those triggers can trigger vfx uh, vj software so that the, the stage behind him, the cameras, the lighting, the effects that are presented on the screens behind him are in time with the music. There's no latency. It's all 
happening at once and elevates this thing from a guy pressing pads to this whole 360 experience that technology 10 years ago wouldn't have been able to capture or produce or output. So he's he's almost like the poster boy for the new version of technological electronic music expression. Daft Punk fired off different things with their electronic music kit, their MIDI players, but it was still crude when they did their 2007 show in the prism. You know, the LED screens weren't as prevalent. The the VJ software, not as prevalent. All these sort of things, you know, like, like syncing up to a GoPro, connecting it to a big screen. You know, you need a lot more money to do those sort of things. So the catalyst, it's like, it's such a lightning in a bottle. It's, it's, it's great. And then, you know, when he goes up on stage, he brings his camera out almost like he's vlogging and you can see his face as he's filming it and he's going out and it feels very relatable, authentic. And to go, come with me, come with me as I'm walking onto stage. I put my GoPro down, you know, watch from a POV as you watch me press these buttons and everyone goes crazy. And I'm not just watching a guy dancing in front of his CDJs, which almost feels old fashioned now because it's like the DJ was always a selector of music and who mixed it in great ways. Very few DJs actually did any more than that. Now there's the DJ as the artist, the DJ as the producer, whether it's Peggy Goo or, you know, you look at DJ EZ and how he um, plays Garage and uses the crossfaders as an instrument. And there's this like real inflection point where he is not, he hasn't done it first, but he's this inflection point of like the DJ is a person that is triggering sounds. Uh, more so than his triggering songs. And that has been a really compelling thing to propel this as a as as unique and exciting new experience. Fred the Uniter of Genres. So when I listened to it when I was at the show, it is very EDM in my ears. It's like pop, it's euphoric. It's very loving. And I don't mean EDM in a derogatory sense. It's like, it's energetic. It's got drops to, in, to an extent and isn't like house. It isn't just like you're dancing and you find it, you're in a trance or whatever. It's, it, it builds, it builds, it builds, you know, that sort of like, you know, it's got the tropes, right? But he has being another catalyst in terms of jungle, the UK dance music genre. Because from my best knowledge, jungle hasn't made it out of the UK in any significant way. You know, it was around in the 90s. Obviously, it's where it originated from. There are fans of jungle, but jungle is not a sound that it was so, like many genres in the UK, so regional in its culture that it really didn't have any any conduit at that point to break out. And so all the amazing, most classic jungle songs, you know, whether it be from Goldie or other, are still considered to be niche and, um, yeah, of a subculture. And he has a song called Jungle, but he's bringing jungle sounds to electronic dance music. He's bringing jungle sounds to 
a, a American, Australian, global audience that feels exciting because jungle is not the mainstream and it, people have been waiting almost for the right time for jungle to get to this point. Is, is he the poster boy? Ask, jungle, ask Goldie, I don't know. But he is taking, he's evolving jungle too, to, to be more EDM, to be more um, palatable. And I think that's why as well, people are so hyped by it because it sounds new. It sounds new to them. And I'm not saying that the people that listen to it don't know Jungle, but it's like, this is, you know, if I'm going to a concert and there's these kind of like slow and sped up and slow and sped up drum and bass jungle rhythms, I haven't heard that before, says the average punter. And uh, he's been able to unify those things. So that's, you know, the list is long. I've got a three more. Fred the group groupthink experiment. So this is really something that I've experienced a lot as a TikTok creator, as, an, as a content creator. He is a marketing catalyst in so much as when I talk about horses, uh, he was able to, he and his team were able to capitalize over the boiler room. One, people realized they could go viral of posting his videos. Two, he was going viral because there were people conspiracy theorizing that the person that accidentally hit the stop button on his song did it on purpose. Some people said that he didn't do it at all and it was like planned that uh, it stopped to make a viral moment, right? So much like, you know when you're winning when people are kind of conspiracy theorizing on things. There's also a content marketing strand which I've observed, which is people doing paid partnerships to further advance the mythology of Fred. And I think the marketing effort has been so orchestrated to in that there definitely would have been boosting of this spoiler room viral content. There was there's definitely engagement of people to do paid partnerships to propagate his mythology so that he is a perfect product of his time where everyone's on TikTok and everyone's on YouTube and everyone's tired and everyone wants something new. And there's this person that is in your face. He's looks like you're having the most fun time ever. And everyone's saying he's really impressive because he's written for Ed Sheeran and he's hanging out with Skrillex. And that mythology is built through marketing. It's built through storytelling. It's built through strategy. It's built through investment. And it's, it, it's an orchestrated to the love hate. It's an orchestrated effort and it's, be, it's been successful. To the point where now it's, it's almost like a K-pop group. The K-pop group provides you all of the assets to then propagate, become a fan, and then the fandom creates these assets on its own, and then it's a self-sufficient ecosystem that is able to to propagate the mythology without marketing. So now that you go to any Fred again concert. Everyone's filming and everyone's trying to not only experience their own boiler room moment, but show people that they've been there and that there was a boiler room moment. So now that it's like, now the, uh, and I mean this respectfully, the virus, the viral, right? The virus is spreading on its own. It's mutating. And people are really figuring it out and, and being part of it. I found a funny, I saw a funny comment uh, on TikTok where there was, people doing a treasure hunt, part of the marketing initiative, whereby people were hunting for Fred because there were clues. And the comment was, uh, all of these people are NPCs. 
And if you don't know what that is, it's a non-playable character in a video game, just like Grand Theft Auto, where by these the people that are the pedestrians on the side of the the road, and, and Fred is the main character. Fred is the main character, and I guess that is almost the thesis. But like, it's it's cynical and it's disrespectful to say that the people are NPCs. But I get the point, which is like because of the rise of this person in the kind of in the space of six months, but you know, let's call it two years for the sake of him. He's been putting out stuff since 2020 on his own as this new Fred again entity. Um, the people have been whipped up into the frenzy that is content, the frenzy that is marking, the frenzy that is quality and are now in it. It's like Pokemon Go. I was in it for a moment in time because it was a frenzy. You read articles about it. Everyone was doing it. Everyone was out everywhere doing it. If you were a Pokemon fan when you're growing up, right? So I was an NPC of that. If, uh, Keith Richards or Kanye West says something controversial to get headlines because he's got an album coming out. We are all NPCs because we're all reacting and infuriated and uh, and all that. And uh, it's worked. And the people that are in marketing know it's worked. And that's the whole point. That's their whole plan. So well done, NPCs, you know? And I think that really, I guess, represents a product of his time that he's like pe- the, the marketing initiatives have utilize the platforms to create this group think that it has worked sensational which is like i do like in people selling out fred again shows within nine hours or like within minutes to be showing up in nine hours to you know the drop of mewtwo in pokemon go it's a similar sort of expression and a similar sort of feverish just your brain switches off and you go for it because it's the most exciting cultural thing at the time. Fascinating. Fred the Catharsis. Two more. Lockdown. He started really coming out during lockdown. This guy in his in his sweats putting out music about his friends. Multi-talented pianist, singer, producer, DJ, beat pad maker guy thing. And People were looking, people are, were looking for a lockdown release. And I think that as things started to open back up last year, I don't think people necessarily found that in any one spot until now. Shows started happening, you know, touring started happening again, but it's like, oh yeah, you can see Harry Styles. You can see Taylor Swift. I'd seen them before as in these people and, I, and, and now I'm excited to see them. This is like, I hadn't seen anything like this. I want to go to a rave. I want to be with people. I want to shout love from the rooftops. I want to be with a guy that looks like me in his sweats, being humble and and achieving and spreading love through fun, through connection with people, through this energy of finding him, you know, these clues and going to see this thing. I really do believe that part of the swell of him is this expression of release for the introverted for the person that wants to kind of have a a a deity or a god that they can look to to be like this is what i've been waiting for this is i wanted new i wanted different and he's all that with all the things i've described he's cool he's immediate He's new, like I said, new. And that's that's really been a, a, a driver, I believe. 
last but not least, Fred the Deserving. I, for all the markers that were negative, were the things that I, why I didn't subscribe to it. It felt too sudden, felt too orchestrated, felt too content, felt too uh, much of a feeling of authenticity, of, of, of marketing hidden behind authenticity. It felt like horses. It felt like a bit too a bit too much too soon. And I didn't want to listen to it because I, 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 you know, I tried the boiler room, but I didn't want to like it. And honestly, the seeing the show, it's like, fair enough. Because he's done all the work. He's written hit songs. He's succeeded already. He has found himself in not the right place at the right time, but he's like, you know, it's what's the quote? Um, success or luck is, you know, 99% preparation and 1% opportunity. That's him. You know, he's prepared. He knows all these people. He's friends with all these people. He's talented enough. He's creative enough. He can write the songs. He's innovate, innovative. He, he, he does seem nice. I don't think that's fake. But then it's like, it's it the dial is turned up on all those things to to be an entity an undeniable force of nature i left that show going this guy's a force of nature and deserves everything that is coming his way and i i i, I am intrigued to see where he develops from here because pokemon go does die down <laughs> and so will the hype i think that the aesthetic of homeliness of humbleness of friends and, and iPhones will need to evolve or maybe it doesn't. And, and the, the excitement of doing warehouse shows and surprise gigs will go away because we've seen it before and he's doing it again. But maybe if he goes away for five years and does it again, well, he's making his money already, so he could do that. But I'm so interested to see. But as you can tell, as I record this on an afternoon where it's stormy and the sun is going down, I, like many people, are fascinated by the story because it is unlike many. It has happened before, but I don't think it's happened in recent years where you've got the coalescing of so many things to the point where you have this, this hysteria this popularity, this success that's deserved happen. And I'm here for it. It makes me think. I, I walk away from this gig. I walk away from seeing all the posts on Instagram, thinking about it, thinking about what is this? Why is this? How is this? Is this good? Is this bad? Is it cringe? Is it genius? And I will say it's all of those things at once, at the same time, as the film goes. Derek G speaks volumes. That's the end of the Fred again. Fred against the machine. Ladies and gents, I've, uh, uh, as an appendix, I think I have really been evolving as a person and how I speak to you guys and how I interact with you guys and 
I'm learning every single day. My profile is building and I'm, a, I'm an ordinary guy that is learning how to deal with that and how to grow it. And I, um, you know, I, I launched my podcast, I launched my newsletter, I've got content on different platforms and um, it's difficult sometimes to to feel like I'm doing it right because I want to build it to the point where it's my life, but build it in a way that I can enjoy, but build it in a way that's sustainable. And um, I hate my appendix to be all about this sort of stuff. And I, I hope you don't mind because it's a bit meta. It's a bit woe is me and my success. But I think for those of you listening to this podcast, I, I'm trying to learn and navigate this. And this reactive podcast is because I had to scrap another podcast, which I recorded about my life story and music, and then kind of freaked out that I was talking too much about my personal life and what that and what the implications of that would be. You know, it's interesting. One day that story will come out. So one day I'd love to tell you that story. My friend who listened to it really enjoyed it and thinks it's a good thing for people that, to hear. But I just feel like I need to like take a breather and learn, you know? That's all. That was really just an off-the-cuff expression of, <laughs> I don't know what that was. It's not exactly vulnerability, but expression of uh, where I am in life. Wow, it's dark in here now. This has been Derek G Speaks Volumes. Thank you so much for your support. And... Um, Fred again, huh? The man, the myth. See you next week.